Oil markets are still a little shaky. Is it all because of Ukraine? Well, hardly. I mean, equities have taken a hit, but the oil price is down. So there are other factors at play. But generally, it seems markets are confused as to what to believe as Biden and Putin continue with a war of words. A half percent rise seems less likely now for the Fed. So what will they do? Do they know? Uh, We'll look at yesterday's FOMC minutes this morning. Plus, Aussie job numbers are punching the lights out. Does that mean inflation will follow and a more hawkish RBA? And UK retail sales today as well. What will they be like as consumers there feel the squeeze? It's Friday, the 18th of February, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, a small move up in the U.S. dollar, but big moves up in U.S. equities at the uh, U.S. close. A 2.9% fall in the Nasdaq, 2.1% down for the S&P 500, 1.8% down for the Dow. Shares also down in Europe, including a 0.6% drop in the Euro stocks 50 and a 0.9% fall in the FTSE 100. In this risk-off mood, we're seeing bond yields down, 10-year treasuries losing 7 basis points, a 6 basis point drop for 10-year gilts. The Euro has fallen a little, the pound is up a quarter percent, the Aussie marginally down just under 72 US cents now and big falls in oil again we've got a two percent drop in WTI down below 92 dollars a 1.8 percent fall in Brent whilst gold is up one and a half percent it did get over 1,900 dollars per kilo for the first time since August 2020 even then it was only there briefly otherwise this would be a record high this morning and soon it probably will be as you might expect with all this heady mix of geopolitics and inflation so David DeGaris has come back today after the success of yesterday's podcast here he is again from nab in london yesterday it was choppy so is today actually i'm surprised that the given this choppiness the vix index the volatility index isn't higher it's at uh, 26.2 it has been up over 30 lately uh, maybe things aren't volatile maybe they're just bad dave yeah i think um you know the VIX is not especially high when you when you look at when you look at stocks. Maybe the market's just a little bit thin today, Phil. And the market's really been when every trader's had a screen open watching all the uh, the scrolling stories on Russia, Ukraine, who is saying what, and so forth. And just as I look at the stories right now, we've got first Russian military convoys arriving at their permanent bases. And we've got Biden uh, yeah. again reiterating that you know, an invasion is going to happen within a few days, and he was sort of questioned yes. as to whether he's he was talking to Putin, and he said, no, he's not, uh, which doesn't probably doesn't help a great deal. Uh, and, uh, yes. you know, on the other side, you've got Putin saying, well, the West's not meeting any of our demands, including, you know, NATO having this stronger presence on the Russian border. So, uh, do, I mean, do you think markets are pricing in now the, the, the possibility of an attack or... Is it still just well, uncertainty? It, 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 um, I think I think there's a bit of un, there's, there's two or three things at play. One is the Russia factor, and that is a factor. But mm. wouldn't you expect oil to be higher if they well, really were worried about that right now? You would, but then you've got uh, supposedly talks with Iran nearing a conclusion as well. I was looking at maybe, that, maybe, maybe, and, and yeah. the, you know that that would put in seven hundred thousand extra barrels a day. So I think that's part of it. Plus the fact we've got inventories. Uh, still high in the United States as well. So maybe that's yeah, off- offsetting I, all of those concerns. Yeah, and I think supporting bonds too, at least the short end, if not the longer end, mm. we didn't get that, uh, uh, you know, that that nugget from the minutes that might have suggested they were thinking about 50 rather than 25 basis points. So um, there, there is there is that at play. Okay, gold's 1900 It's over that psychological level, $1,900. Yeah. Currencies are doing absolutely nothing today, Phil. So, and the other factor I point to is we're coming into a long weekend in the US. It's a holiday this coming Monday, President's Day holiday. So, 
maybe investors are just starting to take a bit of money off the table ahead of, uh, you know, ahead of the long weekend. So yeah. mm. certainly wouldn't attribute all of it to the to the Russia uncertainties. So what about the FOMC minutes? They came out just as we finished off yesterday's uh, podcast. Mm. We rather bad timing. And we were saying, well, you know, there's probably not a lot in them. But there was, it seems like there was enough in there to convince more investors that a 50 basis point hike in March is less likely. Uh, yes. But, I mean, it's, but having said that, I mean, that was last meeting. We've had a lot of data since then, haven't we? We have, and the data has been strong, right, mm. on the economy. And we had that further uh, strong inflation report or no relief from the intense inflationary pressures that were there before the Fed last met. So, um but there was nothing in it that men- mentioned 25 or 50. In other words, the fact that it didn't mention 50. And, and maybe there were those discussions across the table, but it, it's not in the minute. Mm. So, uh, you know, according to Sir Humphrey, if it wasn't in the minutes, then it didn't happen, did it? <laughs> so um, <laughs> so the, the market has wound back those expectations by a few basis points. So it's probably tilted a little bit back towards – 25 rather than 50 but it's right in that uh, in that range still and it's going to be interesting isn't it to see how they manage the the mix because i said a couple of days ago how esther george from the kansas city fed had said uh, that you know they, they don't want to hold on to um bonds long-term bonds uh, long to for too long because it's going to hold down long-term rates which will impact long-term lending in other words you know they should start selling off uh, some of their assets at the the long end of the balance sheet. And James Bullard yes, saying yes. something pretty similar today that uh, you know if 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 uh, longer term assets you know they should start selling them if they find that rate hikes and tightening isn't having the desired impact and and isn't bringing down inflation. So he's obviously got concern there that it's not going to work as uh, as it says on the tin perhaps. Well, he's he's saying isn't he that he wants a hundred basis points by the first of July. So he's repeated that again today mm. too, and he's saying there's several ways that could happen, but obviously. You'd have to think that uh, a fifty-point move uh, at the first meeting would be one of those ways of uh, of getting there if the if OMC wanted to do that. But um, you know, he's also said in the same breath, "Not today." I don't think, although I had, I didn't hear that his speech as such, um, saying that um, you know he will defer to the chairman. So, um, Powell, who haven't heard from really what since the. Um, since the last meeting. Mm. So um, I think the, a lot of analysts are still talking about 25, Phil. But, well, okay, but um, clearly they don't know. You know, it's uh, there's too many moving no parts in sure. all of this. Exactly. So you can't make big, bold moves if you're really not quite sure what the impact of that is going to be. That would be All of that. All yeah. of that. Yeah. Yes, indeed. And then you've got, you know, data all, all over the place as well. So, uh, you know, as you're saying, generally strong data, but then we had a big rise in jobless claims uh, overnight, 248,000 for the week of the 12th of February. Uh, the, you know, last time it was 225,000. The expectation was it was going to fall, not rise. And uh, the Philly Fed Manufacturing Index, which showed uh, the growth in manufacturing was slowing, although interestingly, their employment numbers were rising. 38% mm. of firms said mm. they'll have higher employment. Only 6% reported they were having lower employment. And 38% of those firms said they expected growth over the next six months. So that's broadly yeah. positive. So maybe those job yeah. numbers were just a temporary blip, perhaps. I, I, I think so. Um, I, I don't think they're at the moment telling us too much about the labour market. It would be hard mm. to construct a case right now saying the US economy is clearly weak. And, okay, it's had the edge taken off from Omicron. There's no doubt about that with staff absences and the like. But yeah. 
you know, as best we know, labour demand uh, is very strong and employers still want more people. Yeah. So the problem is not enough people rather than not enough jobs right yeah. now. Well, there's another place, another place in the world where that is exactly the case, isn't it? <laughs> Which is the uh, the Australian employment numbers showing Goodness. 13,000 more people employed. Omicron did have an impact, but only in the hours worked. 8.8% fall in month on month in the hours worked. But that's fine because people had those jobs. Yes. Uh, so does that mean, I mean, is, does this put more pressure on the RBA? I mean, are we going to, because you'd assume... If we're getting a tighter labour market, we are going to see faster inflation and, uh, you know, perhaps wage pressures are going to come into play. It lo- it's looking that way, isn't it, at the mm. present time? You know, you've already got unemployment at 4.2%. What, that was steady in this uh, in the, in this release and the participation rate was up a little bit further. Um, as you said, hours work were down. That's pretty much Omicron, you know, with the restrictions on hospitality and tourism and so forth. Uh, and uh, so you translate, uh, you know, the ABS, the most interesting stat for me, Phil, was uh, the fact that we had 98,000 people who were ready to start work but hadn't started their job yet. Mm. Now, that is normally, the, there normally is a bucket of those people in that category, but it seems larger than usual. And that was, um, that constitutes about half a percent of the workforce. So it looks like the unemployment rate is going to test 4%. Yeah. Uh, before too long. So it's hard to see wages other than, than going up right now when you've got um, in, in those sorts of circumstances. Now, I mean, increasingly hearing the word pivot used in the same sentence as ECB. Uh, so yes. uh, Philip Lane from the ECB today, he was speaking at an MNI markets event. Uh, how about this for a turnaround from, you know, a, a, an organisation that's really saying inflation is only temporary. Yes. He was there saying, well, actually, it's probably going to be around for a long time. The ultra-low inflation that we saw before the pandemic, he reckons, isn't going to go away. He says things have changed. I'm not sure what's changed. Maybe it's this massive increase in, uh, in, in money supply through QE, but, you know, if that causes inflation. But he says uh, we're going to be stuck with it. Indeed. I mean, the, the big, the big uh, challenge for the ECB, wasn't it, before the, the five years before the pam- pandemic, uh, when he said mm. that, you know, inflation averaged only 0.9% was getting inflation up. Uh, now the challenge is meeting the, the, the inflation risk ahead. So as you say, it is a big, it is a big pivot um, from, from the ECB and, and that's become increasingly clear there. And he talked about a couple of other things just to add a little bit more colour on that. And one was the... Uh, you know, the carbon transition and how that's going to play out and impact on the structure of the economy and the inflationary risks. So he didn't make any, he didn't quite try and quantify that at all. But of course, um, we're seeing uh, that in spades uh, in the UK right now in the energy sector, Phil. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to follow house prices as well, isn't it, over the next month or so? Because obviously low interest rates have been pushing them higher. uh, But interesting, building permits in the US uh, overnight, Mm. they've gone up. But housing starts have gone down in January. I mean, we had a surprise couple of months when they did take off, didn't they? Like they they were up 8.1% in November, 4.1% down in January. So, you know, maybe buyers now are a little bit scared of the commitment as they see uh, the prospect of... I think it's probably more uh, weather effects. Mm and short-term, you know, construction issues because the permits still seem to be very robust. I think the big challenge for the U.S. housing sector is going to be 
the increase in bond yields, particularly long-term bond yields, and, and mortgage rates are already going up. So it's reading reports today saying the mortgage rate is already up 70 basis points yep. this month, Phil. So, um, you know, that's going to eat into affordability, isn't it, um, in time. So whether whether demand will resi- be able to resist that, we'll see, but certainly it's a headwind for housing and what impacts that going to have on rents and back on the CPI as well. Yep, so it all flows through. Um, lots of, yeah, absolutely, it all and flows through. And it's all over the place as well, just like inflation. So Canada, uh, the MLS Home Price Index uh, says that prices increased 25% last year in Canada. Some of it's low interest rates, some of it's low housing stock, of course. But uh, It uh, is, but it's a, it's a common story, isn't it? It is a common story. Look, today, UK retail sales, they had a big fall in December. They're expected to rise in January. Funny, we were talking about that just the other day, uh, talking about the United States that seems like the same pattern perhaps. Yes, and uh, some analysts are suspecting that uh, the the market consensus of only a partial rebound might be too bearish, but um, mm. All right, okay. we shall see. Yeah, we will. Well, Walmart on the other side of the ocean uh, is there saying that they've, they've got a bright future this year. They, they expect a generally favourable yeah. economic position throughout the year, yeah. their words, in their guidance. And I, and I haven't had heard too many uh, negative stories from the, the British retail sector. Indeed, the British retail consortium, and they have they produced like-for-like figures for January already, which uh, even even accounting for the, the low base a year ago mm. uh, was quite strong. So it's not suggesting that... Um, retailing has fallen away in January. No. It might surprise on the upside. We'll see. Well, you'd hope it was going to be better than last year, wouldn't you? The question is, is it going to be better than uh, pre-pandemic levels? And that's perhaps a, indeed, given, indeed. The, given the, the squeeze that consumers well, well, are feeling. That, that, was a, that was a point that the BRC were making. Mm. Was I think the figure was up 7.5% on uh, on pre-pandemic levels. Well, retail sales for December for Canada as well. Today we get the inflation rate for Japan still low. Uh, and uh, whatever happens in Ukraine. And you've got a bet in Daniel Hatches, Mr. DeGarris, because you've got storm coming. You've I got do. Eunice I do. hitting you, a, a red warning. Up to 60 or 70 mile an hour winds, apparently. Yeah. All right. Well, stay safe, and uh, we'll, talk, ca- we'll do. catch you next week. Thanks. We'll do, Phil. Cheers. And that was Dave DeGarris in London. I'm Phil Dobby for now. Back again on Monday morning. Have a terrific weekend. I'll see you then.